0: Welcome to Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce DeRiga. I'm editor of the Chicago Catholic, and this is where we interview people who are making the news that we're covering in the Chicago Catholic, the newspaper for the Archdiocese of Chicago. So today, our guest is Father Ryan Brady, and um, we're going to talk about the mass of healing for those suffering from addiction that he began last year. And it's having again this year on um, the day before Thanksgiving, November twenty second at seven p.m. at um, is it the same line? You can explain that, Father. But welcome, Father Ryan.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation to be here, and uh, you know it's it's just a great opportunity to talk about something that I think is dear to a lot of people's heart, yet they feel a little uncomfortable talking about it out loud.
0: Amen. So, do you want to talk about how it got started? The first yeah, massive so I, yeah. I
1: was ordained a priest in, in the spring of twenty twenty one. And uh we come to that fall and it's it's the night before Thanksgiving. And and I'm very familiar with a tradition that has started, an unfortunate tradition of of uh what's called Blackout Wednesday, where people initially came home from college uh to celebrate Thanksgiving with their family, but now they're all with their old friends and, and they started to overdo it when it comes to alcohol and uh, now it's it's an unfortunate festive occasion for many ages where people go out and they really overdo it and um, i was sitting in the rectory the night before thanksgiving my first thanksgiving weekend as a priest and and it just hit me in in prayer and said listen why don't you go celebrate mass for those who who are really struggling with addiction or who are really struggling with loneliness uh, of trying to stay sober on a night where so many people are going out. So I went to the church. Uh, The church was dark. I turned the light on over the altar so I could read the missile and, and I celebrated mass. I took a little photo and shared it on social media. And I said, look, you know, there's a lot of people suffering from addiction today. And um, you know, we're going to pray for them. And I ask that you pray for them as well. The response was incredible. I had hundreds of people email, call, text message, Um, share this on their social media. And um, I said, you know, next year we'll do this publicly. Next year we'll open the doors and we'll invite everybody in. And uh, we did it publicly for the first time last year. And the response was, it was incredible. It was overwhelming, um, but it was also very heartwarming um, for people who were suffering from addiction, people who were in recovery from addiction, people who have never had a problem with addiction themselves, but their family has and and, uh, everyone in between. And it was just a great time to come together as one, as brothers and sisters, and and pray for what really is a scourge on uh, in our society. There There is an overwhelming number of people addicted to drugs or alcohol, pornography or gambling or whatever right. it is. Um, it's all over. And, and, you know, I just hope to address it honestly, but with love so that we can move uh, forward in a healthy way.
0: And you said that you've already got people have been asking you for doing it again. So the, they're reacting well yeah. to it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We we had a number of people, um, <laughs> even that night, the very first night they says, Oh, you're going to do it again. Right. Father, you're going to do it again. And, and I laughed and I said, yeah, we'll, we'll do it again. And midsummer, midsummer, people were saying, you know, Thanksgiving will be coming father. Don't forget. Uh, so it's really heartwarming to see that, uh, the spirit is really, been at work in this. And it's warmed people's hearts to the idea that we should pray for people who are suffering from addiction.
0: And you were saying, sharing before the show that then about the next day, going to the hospital?
1: Yeah. So last year we celebrated mass. It was November the 23rd, the night before Thanksgiving. The next day I was on my way to see my family for Thanksgiving dinner. And I got a phone call from Christ Hospital. Um, And I went to anoint a 22-year-old man who uh, had a a drug overdose. And uh, I stayed there and prayed with him and his family uh, on Thanksgiving of all days. You know, here's this family surrounding this loved one uh, in bed suffering from the effects of a drug overdose. And sadly, he died a couple days later uh, that Sunday, actually. And um, it really hit close to, to my heart. The fact that there were a couple hundred people praying for this young man the day before he had that overdose, who never knew who he was, probably never, ever will know who he is. Um, addiction is a disease of isolation. Um, anybody who is close to you or who loves you, who wants to help you free yourself from this addiction, you push them all away um, because you're afraid, uh, of life without what you're addicted to. And, um, that family i think was consoled by the idea that there were hundreds of people praying for their son who never even knew him Um, but also for the person who is addicted it's important to know that um, people love you people care for you people want to help you and those people are not just your family but they're strangers even Uh, i think we all have a responsibility to to look after and to pray for one another And, and if the situation brings itself to you to to accompany that person to to be Christ to that person, to be the good Samaritan to that person. It's, it's really, really important to show people who are addicted, that freedom is not only possible, um, but it's right in front of you. It can happen.
0: Do you want to share about your personal journey with you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I entered the seminary at 17, uh, at St. Joseph's college seminary in 2001. Uh, and I wasn't ordained until I was 37. Um, And I mean, I'm a slow learner, but not like 20 years of seminary, slow learner. Uh, I I left the seminary at 20, and I ended up going back a number of years later. And what I didn't realize at 20 years old uh, was that uh, I was suffering from addiction to alcohol. And throughout my 20s, I really struggled with that. Um, When I was 30, I had enough. I couldn't live that way anymore. I was going to... I was going to die from my drinking. I was gonna die from my addiction. And um, through the help of friends, through the help of loved ones, through the help of God more than anyone else, um, I had the worst day of my life, uh, which actually turned out to be the greatest day of my life, the greatest blessing um, that I ever had was uh, the day I became sober. It was March the 20th, 2014. Mm. And um, you know, I've been working with a, a number of friends Uh, who have lived like I did, who drank like I did, um, and now live free and sober like I am, and like I hope to continue to, and I hope to show other people that they can as well. Um, I wouldn't be a priest today if it wasn't for my addiction. Um, I wouldn't be able to address this issue um, from the pulpit or from my heart or from the street corner or from wherever if it wasn't for my addiction. I think that... Divine providence in, in his, uh, straight way with crooked lines, um, gave me this gift. I remember the first time I heard someone say that they were grateful they were an alcoholic and I thought they were crazy. Who would be grateful for such a thing? But now, now I get it. Now I understand that this was a gift given to me, even in the pain, the gift given to me, uh, to be able to help other people become free, you know, day in and day out one day at a time, uh. It's a perpetual journey of perseverance, um, but God's at our side. God doesn't jump leaps and bounds with us, but He He holds us by the arm and He takes step by step. When we get ahead of ourselves, is when we're jumping leaps and bounds. But God wants to journey with us, step by step, day by day, so that we can live free, we can live sober, um, and we can live beyond what we ever imagined ourselves capable of. And um, you know, I'm so grateful for that for for my own sobriety and then for the gift of it to be able to share it with everybody else that yeah. it's possible and it's real.
0: And said, Cardinal Supic encourages you to share your story. That's yeah. must be wonderful so, to have this support. Yeah. We,
1: yeah. Last year we talked about the um the mass and he says this is fantastic. He goes these are people who are on the peripheries whether they realize it or not. You know, sometimes we we who are, were addicted or are addicted we're we're hiding in plain sight. Um yeah. But we need God's healing. Uh, when I was ordained a priest, um, Cardinal Supich wrote a letter accepting me to the priesthood, and it was just an in, in, an incredible moment. But in that letter, he also mentioned that that my own life of sobriety is a gift, uh, and it's a gift that I should share with with my people, with with my parishioners, uh, but also with with people in recovery, people who are struggling with addiction. Um, it's it's amazing the... The way in which our ideas of addiction have changed uh, over the last 10, 20, 30 years. Um, you know, the addict isn't simply the person, you know, with a can of beer and a brown bag out on the street corner. Uh, the person could be in a boardroom or the person could be on a job site. Um, the fact of the matter is, is is there are people who are who are struggling with addiction everywhere. And um, sometimes we con ourselves into believing that and addict looks like this, so therefore I'm not one. But we can be anywhere. And when we have that realization, it, we take this this great, um, this great leap of faith into saying, look, maybe I do have a problem, and it can be addressed, and I can live better than where I am now. Uh, and that's where the journey of recovery begins.
0: I think there's a lot of shame, too, when you're in those situations. Um, you know, you um, you struggle because you know you don't want to do it, you know, and then, and then, you know, and you're in it. And I agree with the the isolation part. Well, yeah, it all, it all comes down to that. So how has, how do you think faith helps people journey to sobriety and, and stay sober?
1: So I I don't think it'd be possible without faith, um, you know, and, and, and I would say that there's faith, in God beyond the shadow of a doubt that, that is required to, to live a life free from addiction. Um, God is stronger than I am and God has a greater vision than I am. And I need to condescend my will to God's will so that I can live that great vision that God has for me. Um, I need to have faith in myself. I need to see myself with God's eyes to see what's capable that that vision that God has for me as his beloved son is is far greater than my own vision for myself. And and when I was suffering from that isolation and addiction, I was also lowering my expectations to what I thought I was capable of. I didn't believe that I could be, um, I didn't believe I could be a decent human being, let alone the saint that God called me to be. Uh, But I I began to see with some clarity that uh, God loves me still. God calls me to something great still. God calls me to be holy still. God calls me to be a saint still. And that's true for everybody. You know, the Second Vatican Council talks about that very beautifully, the universal call to holiness. We are all called to be saints, and God gives us the tools to do it. Sadly, addiction, it it ratchets up this noise in our hearts and in our heads so that we can't hear that still soft whisper of God saying, I love you, I want to care for you. I want to move you forward to holiness. So as I began to work with some friends who who struggled with addiction, just like I did, they began to teach me how to live without the baggage that comes with addiction. They began to teach me how to live without that that giant freight train of noise that's running through your heart and, and running through your your ears so that I could hear God whisper to me, this is the peace I long to give you. This is the gift I long to give you. And there was a, um, a very bright and, and, and kind man who told me one time, he goes, look how wonderful and charmed our life is as people in, in addiction recovery. We get to live two lives in one lifetime. We get to live the resurrection in this world. We who once were lost have now been found. And the lessons that we learn from the pain that we suffered can help alleviate the suffering of others. And I think that's very true, and um, I'm very grateful for it. Uh, At first, I was a little concerned about, well, what would people think, you know, and now I don't even care. (laughs) I just know that uh, this is my gift and um, I need to be open about it because there are some heroes of mine who struggled with addiction. They were priests. They were lay people. And um, if they weren't honest about it, I mean, they weren't, you know, carnival barkers screaming and yelling about what they had done. But they just said, I was once lost. I was once in pain. And now I'm free and I know where I'm supposed to go and I know who loves me. And um, they were open and honest about it. And I began to find in them hope, you know. So there, there, there wasn't any sort of pride in it, but a very, humble, um, a very humble love that was a gift to me from them. And I, I hope to be able to share that gift to others as well.
0: That's the music telling us we're gonna take a break. So we'll be right back, don't go away.
1: Friday, December 1st, at Catholic Charities 2023 Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball at the Chicago Hilton. The Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball is one of the most elegant galas of the holiday season in Chicago, and proceeds provide critical funding for our programs and services into the new year. Gather your families, friends, and work colleagues for an extraordinary black tie event to celebrate the Christmas season. Enjoy an opening reception, gourmet meal, and live entertainment courtesy of the Ken Arlen Orchestra all in support of Catholic Charities. Don't miss this special night for a great cause on Friday, December 1st. To purchase tickets and learn about sponsorships for the Spirit of St. Nicholas Ball, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-6864. That's 312-948-6864.
0: always say how can you spend your day with three-year-olds seeing the changes that they go through and just the journey and how they grow. This is a very rewarding job. Even though at the end of the day we're not the highest paid people on earth. And when I have a parent contact me and say my child loves school, that to me I'm setting that foundation for their love of learning. Because really you are changing lives. You are molding
2: lives. Shape the next generation of leaders. Teach. Apply today at artchicago.org schooljobs. Caring adults make all the difference in the lives of adolescents. Catholic Charities understands this and our mentorship programs provide a free opportunity for young adults to spend time with volunteers who genuinely care about them. This program is ideal for youth aged nine through 12 who may need support navigating the challenges of childhood and early adolescence. Our amazing volunteers service friends who help youth recognize their strengths and empower them to reach their full potential. Catholic Charities conducts a thorough background check on every volunteer and our program coordinator closely monitors and supports every relationship. Mentoring is a fun after-school program that can help young adults build confidence and enjoy fun activities with their peers too. To learn more, visit catholiccharities.net or call 312-655-7970 in Cook County and 847-782-4224 in Lake County. We're connecting youth with great role models. Join us today.
0: Welcome back to Beyond the Headlines. My name is Joyce DeRiga. I'm editor of the Chicago Catholic. And before we go back to our guest, I want to just plug the newspaper. If you want to see what's going on and around the Archdiocese, go to you can. We come out about every two weeks. You can sign up for a subscription. It's $30 for a year, and that helps support our ministry. You can also sign up for our free newsletter that I send out about three times a week uh, where you'll get the news as it's going on, stuff from the Vatican, what the Cardinal's doing. And in our latest issue, we have um, tributes to Bishop Perry and Bishop Vipic, who both retired. And then we have, there were some peace walks going around in the Archdiocese, St. Benedict the African School in Inglewood held their annual peace walk around the neighborhood. So there's some really cute pictures there. And coming up in the next issue, we have a story about a new program that the Archdiocese has started to support priests in their professional and spiritual development. And um, Cardinal Supich is writing about the unfortunate news that the Invest in Kids Tax Credit Scholarship Program has ended in the, um, which, enabled many, many tens of thousands of families to attend Catholic schools throughout the state. So that's ChicagoCatholic.com. And I'm welcome back by the Ryan Brady, who's associate pastor of Our Lady of the Ridge, St. Linus in Oak Lawn. But Our Lady of the Ridge is in Chicago Ridge, right?
1: That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But so he's holding Mm -hmm. on November 22nd at 7 p.m. the Mass titled Massive Healing for Those Suffering from Addiction, and this is the second time he's he's hosted it, and it's a it's a I mean, you can't get a more um, relevant topic to people in in it's in every family, you know, like you said, or you know somebody, or you may not realize you mm-hmm. know somebody, but so the mass will be at Saint Linus Church in Oakland, so people can join people who are addicted, people who know somebody who's addictive, they just want to pray for people, so. Last year, when I interviewed you, Father, you talked about how addiction isn't a moral failure. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so for a long period of time, people just assumed that there was some sort of weakness in the person who struggled with addiction. Uh, it was a moral failure. Uh, and that's just simply not true. You know so much of uh, so much of our understanding of addiction has has blossomed to allow us to realize that that this is a disease. Um, and it's not a moral failure. I mean, if I, if I could just read this from from uh, Saint Paul, I I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Those same words have been spoken by people who are addicted to drugs or alcohol. Two thousand years later,
0: right? Um,
1: there there was no moral weakness in, in in Saint Paul in that in that moment. If, if nothing else, there was a a profound clarity and I, I think that same thing can be said for people who struggle with addiction is there's not a moral weakness here and yes there is a sh- there's shame in, in, in doing what we continue to do even though we know we shouldn't um but there shouldn't be so much shame that we run and hide from our god uh, who longs to free us and who longs to save us um there is there is something incredibly um imprisoning it just it literally changes you to to the thing that that longs to kill you yeah. uh, in addiction and, and it's not a moral failure it, it it's really it's it's a painful imprisonment and and there's there's a fear to live without the very thing that that kills you and everything in your life begins to to warp itself around this thing um, I've had some some great debates with people about whether or not it's it's just a weakness or a choice. Mm. And I'll tell you, there was a time where I I made a choice to drink. Um, And there was a point in my life, and I don't know where and I don't know when, that I crossed that line, this invisible line in the sand. And I crossed it, and I was never able to come back. And the fact of the matter is, is that once that line is crossed, there is no going back to saying I can drink or want to drink normally. We are, we're stuck. And and what we need is is a glimpse of freedom um, and and the assistance of others to, to achieve that freedom.
0: Amen. How about do you have any advice for family people that aren't addicted, who have family or loved ones and are really worried or um yeah, really worried about and want to do something for the folks, the people that they know who are addicted.
1: First, don't give up hope. Don't give up hope at all, ever. I've seen absolute miracles uh, in front of me. Um, I've seen answered prayers in front of me from people who suffer from addiction. St. Monica is a very famous example of a woman who prayed diligently for her son, Augustine, whose birthday is today, actually. Uh, She she prayed and prayed and prayed for her son, St. Augustine, who was addicted to lust and addicted to a quest for power. and I think that perseverance came from Monica because she was addicted to alcohol. Her very son said that uh, in, in the confessions. I didn't
0: that, know that. And I I yeah. didn't know that.
1: Yeah. In, in the, I think it's the ninth book of the confessions, Augustine says she was a notorious imbiber, which is a very polite way of saying mom had a drinking problem. <laughs> Amen. But she, she got sober. She never drank again. And I think that type of resilience helped fortify her Wow. and, in this, this prayer for her son, if I can overcome this, so can my son. And the fact of the matter is, is if I can overcome, you know, my, my need to drink every day through the help of others, so can you, so can your son, so can your daughter, so can your husband, and tell them to not try to do it alone. You know, and the other thing too, for those people who struggle with their loved ones who suffer from addiction, I sometimes think it's harder than the person who's addicted themselves. Hmm. The addict is so wrapped up in what they're addicted to, but the loved one is an innocent bystander who has to see with clear hearts and clear eyes the person they love suffering in front of them. And I would say, don't do it alone. There are other people who suffer with their family struggling from addiction, just like you are. Don't do it alone. Disease of isolation, that's what addiction is. And it's not just for the person who's imbibing. Um, so often families begin to isolate themselves around the addict as well. And I would say to try to break free from that. I celebrate mass every single day. And every time I look out, no matter which church, no matter which place I'm at, I see people I know from recovery. Ah. We're everywhere. We're in the pews. We're in your grocery stores. We're in everywhere. Well, not everywhere. Probably not the bars and taverns. But most places, we are. And um, and you wouldn't think it. You know, but we're here for each other. And I mean, I don't make a, a point of of uh, going out of my way to say hello to them always, but we always look at each other and we nod and we know we're not alone. We're not alone. And in my most um, ordinary day or the most complex day, I, I know that I can pick up my phone and call dozens and dozens of people who will answer when I say, I'm having a good day. I'm having a bad day. I need some help. I just need someone to talk to. We're here for each other. So I would say reach out. You know, there's every parish um, in the diocese has a telephone number. Give them a call, find out where the closest um, uh, groups of people are, or people who who are parishioners to to you that that can help you, that would be willing to pick up the phone and talk to you about how they've journeyed through this crisis of addiction in their own hearts and in their own family.
0: I'm so glad you. You're doing this, and you're so public about it because I think, yeah, as you said, it's it's a disease of isolation. So we might not know that the person is addicted, or if we do, you know, like you said, there's a there's a lot of pain in watching that person um, go down that path, and we need to we need to talk about it more. You know, I know there's more of a movement now for abstinence. You know, maybe with um, I've seen it mostly with the alcohol. stuff but that maybe that's you know people are realizing more and more that this is coming you know that how destructive this is and trying to get help in any in any form like like you said, whether it's pornography, I've always wanted to do a story on the addiction to pornography and um, how the faith can help with that. I think the Archbishop in St. Louis once did a pastoral letter on, on addiction to pornography, which I thought was huge, so I'm super glad you're doing this. I think we're almost out of time, so I want to yeah, so I want to plug the mass one more time. It's November 22nd, 7 p.m. St. Linus in Oakland. You can just Google St. Linus if you need directions, or um, you can also if you didn't write this down, you can go to chicago This is in the events section. And Father, thank you so much for sharing your testimony and for doing this mass and For just being who you are. You're a good friend of the Chicago Catholic. So I appreciate you. All right. You have a good day. And and we'll be there, there at the Mass. So I'll see you next
1: week. I'm looking forward to it. God bless you. All right. You
0: too. Bye, Father. Bye, everybody.